0: Chapter twenty nine of Beau Brocade by Baroness Emma Orksy This LibriVox recording is in the public domain recording by Dion Jines, Salt Lake City, Utah The Dawn A while ago in an agony of longing he had cried out for a moment's respite, for a disguise, and now there stood before him Jock Miggs in smock and broad-brimmed hat with pipe and shepherd's staff his pursuers headed by the yelping dog were still a quarter of a mile away five minutes in which to do battle for his life for his freedom for the power to keep his oath the plan of action had surged in his mind at first sight of the wizened little figure of the shepherd beside the further approach to the clearing. Beau Brocade drew himself up to his full height, sought, and found in the pocket of his coat the black mask which he habitually wore. This he fixed to his face, then, drawing a pistol from his belt, he overtook Jock Miggs, clapped him vigorously on the shoulder, and shouted lustily, "'Stand and deliver!' Jock Miggs, aroused from his pleasant meditations, threw up his hands in terror. "'The lud have mercy on my soul,' he ejaculated as he fell on his knees. "'Stand and deliver,' repeated Beau Brocade, in as gruff a voice as he could command. Jock Miggs was trying to collect his scattered wits. "'But—but—but, kind sir,' he murmured, "'you—you—' you wouldn't harm jock miggs the shepherd would you quick's the word now then but good sir oi oy, oi oy, i have got nowt to deliver jock miggs was pitiful to behold at any other moment of his life bathurst would have felt very sorry for the poor scared creature but that yelping hound was drawing desperately near and he had only a few minutes at his command not to deliver he said with a great show of roughness and seizing poor jock by the collar look at your smock my smock kind sir ay i've a fancy for your smock so off with it quick jock miggs struggled up to his feet he was beginning to gather a small modicum of courage he had lived all his life on brassing moor and it was his first serious encounter with an armed gentleman of the road whether twas beau brocade or no he was too scared to conjecture but he had enough experience of the heath to know that poor folk like himself had little bodily hurt to fear from highwaymen but of course it was always wisest to obey as to his old smock he 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 my old smock sir he laughed vaguely and nervously why i don't want to knock the poor old cuckoo down murmured bathurst to himself but i've just got three minutes before that cur reaches the top of the clearing and-off with your smock man or i fire he added peremptorily and pointing the muzzle of his pistol at the trembling shepherd Meggs had in the meanwhile fully realized that the masked stranger was in deadly earnest why he should want the old smock was more than any shepherd could conceive but that he meant to have it was very clear jock uttered a final plaintive word of protest kind sir but if oi take off my smock i shan't be quite the the decent sir with only my shirt you shall have my coat replied bathurst decisively lud preserve me your coat sir yes it's old and shabby and my waistcoat too now off with that smock or once more the muzzle of the pistol gleamed close to jock Miggs's head without further protest he began to divest himself of his smock the process was slow and laborious and jack set his teeth not to scream with the agony of the suspense he himself had had little difficulty in taking off his own coat and waistcoat for earlier in the day before he had been so hard pressed the pain in his shoulder had caused him to slip his left arm out of its sleeve moreover the excitement of these last fateful moments kept him at fever pitch he was absolutely unconscious of aught save of the rapid flight of the seconds and the steady approach of dog and men towards the clearing even jock miggs who up to now had been too intent on his own adventure to take much heed of what went on in the gloom beyond even he perceived that something unusual was happening on the moor what's that he asked with renewed terror a posse of soldiers at my heels said beaubrocade decisively that's why i want your smock my man and if i don't get it there will be just time to blow out your dull brains before i fall into their hands this last argument was sufficiently convincing miggs thought it decidedly best to obey he helped his mysterious assailant on with his own smock cap and kerchief and not unwillingly attired himself in bow brocades discarded coat and waistcoat a pistol in your belt in case you need it friend whispered bathurst rapidly as he slipped one of the weapons in miggs belt keeping the other firmly grasped in his own hand. There was no doubt that the hound was on the scent now. The men had ceased shouting, but their rapid footsteps could be heard, following closely upon the dog, whose master was muttering a few words of encouragement. Anon there came a whisper louder than the rest, "'This way!' then another, "'There's a path here!' Begay this confounded darkness steady roy steady old man eh what this way can't you find the trail old roy and the gorse was crackling beneath rapid and stealthy footsteps there was now just the width of the clearing between Beau Brocade and his pursuers this way sergeant roy's got the trail again neither jock miggs nor yet beau brocade could see what was going on at the further end of the clearing the dog wildly straining against the leash was quivering with intense excitement his master hanging on to him with all his might miggs scared like some sheep lost among a herd of cows was standing half-dazed smoothing down with appreciative fingers the fine cloth of his new apparel terrified every time his hand came in contact with the pistol in his belt but beaubrocade had crept underneath a heavy clump of gorse and bramble and with his finger on the trigger of his weapon he cowered there ready for action his eyes fixed upon the blackness before him the next moment the outline of the hound's head and shoulders became faintly discernible in the gloom with nose close to the ground powerful jaws dropping and parched tongue hanging out of its mouth it was heading straight for the clump of gorse where cowered the hunted man beau brocade took rapid aim and fired the dog without a howl rolled over on its side whilst jock miggs uttered a cry of terror then there was an instant's pause the pursuers silenced and awed had stopped dead for they had been taken wholly unawares and for a second or two waited expecting and dreading yet another shot then a mild trembling voice came to them from the darkness there he is sergeant just afore you standing see the sergeant and soldiers had no need to be told twice their pause had only been momentary and already they had perceived the outline of jock Miggs' figure standing motionless not far from the body of the dead dog with a shout of triumph sergeant and soldiers fell on the astonished shepherd whilst the same mild trembling voice continued to pipe excitedly "Hold him tight sergeant jump on him tie his legs sure and tis he the rascal jock miggs had had no chance of uttering one word of protest for one of the soldiers remembering a lesson learnt the day before at the smithy had thrown his own heavy coat right over the poor fellow's head effectually smothering his screams another man had picked up the still smoking pistol from the ground close to mig's feet pistols said the sergeant excitedly the pair of them too he added pulling the other silver-mounted weapon out of mig's belt and the black mask out of the pocket of his coat and silver mounted be Guy, and his mask now my men off with him tie his legs together off with your belts quick and you corporal keep that coat tied well over his head the rascal's like an eel and will wiggle out of your hands if you don't hold him tight remember there's a hundred guineas reward for the capture of beau brocade poor old megs smothered within the thick folds of the soldier's coat could scarce manage to breathe the men were fastening his knees and ankles together with their leather belts his arms too were pinioned behind his back thus trussed and spitted like a goose ready for roasting he felt himself being hauled up on the shoulders of some of the men and then borne triumphantly away we've gotten beau brocade hip hip hooray and so they marched away shouting lustily whilst beau brocade remained alone on the heath the excitement was over now he was safe for the moment and free but the hour of victory seemed like the hour of death as the last shouts of triumph the last cry of hooray died away in the distance he fell back against the wet earth his senses were reeling the very ground seemed to be giving way beneath his feet a lurid red film to be rising before his closing lids blotting out the darkness of the moor, and that faint, very faint streak of gray which had just appeared in the east. God, to whom he had cried out in his agony, had given him the respite for which he had craved. He was safe and free to think, to think of her, and yet now his one longing seemed to be to lie down and rest and rest and sleep many a night he had lain thus on the open moor with the soft sweet-scented earth for his bed and the tender buds of heather as a pillow for his head but to-night he was only conscious of infinite peace and his trembling hands drew the worthy shepherd's smock closer round him his wandering spirit paused a while to dwell on poor miggs in his sorry plight ah uh, well the morning would see jock free again but in the meanwhile then all of a sudden the spirit was back on earth back to life and to a mad scarce understandable hope his hand had come in contact with a packet of letters in the pocket of Miggs's smock far away in the sky the eastern stars had paled before the morning light one by one the distant peaks of the derbyshire hills emerged from the black mantle of the night and peeped down on the valley below blushing a rosy red upon the heath animal life began to be astir in the morass beyond a lazy frog started to croak beau brocade had clasped the letters with cold numb fingers he drew them forth and held them before his dimmed eyes the letters he murmured trembling with the agony of this great unlooked-for joy the letters how they came there he could not tell he was too weary too ill to guess but that they were her letters he could not for a moment doubt he had found them god and his angels had placed them in his hands ah fortune fickle fortune the wilful jade and the poor outlaw were to be even then after all and twas beaubrocade highwayman thief who was destined in a few hours to bring her this great happiness will she will she smile i wonder he loved to see her smile and to watch the soft tell-tale blush slowly mounting to her cheek ah now he was dreaming dreams that never never could be he would bring her back the letters for he had sworn to her that she should have them ere the sun had risen twice over yon green-clad hills and then all would be over and she would pass out of his life like a beautiful comet gliding across the firmament of his destiny a moment but not to stay in the east far away rose had changed to gold from moor and heath and bogland came the sound of innumerable bird-throats singing the great and wonderful hymn of praise hosanna to awakening nature the outlaw had kept his oath he turned to where the first rays of the rising sun shed their shimmering mantle over the distant tours and in one great uplifting of his soul to his maker he prayed that sweet death might kiss him when he placed the letters at her feet End of chapter 29